0: I'm going to uh do a little introduction, and then I don't know what I'm gonna do <laughs> okay. the uh I have struggled all week with what I was gonna say about this because you have all heard this, and i I like to keep things fresh and different and new, and that's just me. I hate to repeat things. Um, But I think the Lord has given me something totally different to talk about tonight. What chair do you want to sit in? 1 Thessalonians 5.23 And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is all I had prepared. What chair do you want to sit in? I want you to take note that I am sitting in both chairs here. <laughs> for a purpose. Spirit is over here. Soul body, okay? And if anybody listens to this CD, you'll have to just figure out what I just did. The, uh, first, thank you for your encouragement. As Terry knows, this isn't the easiest thing in the world to do. Not because you're a hired audience, but because he's such a good God. I just don't want to disappoint him. (laughs) Told you I didn't know what I was going to (laughs) say. Oh, Lord. Larry, or Larry, I don't need those. I never use those. (laughs) Terry sent me a couple teachings. Did you send that one out to everyone? I encourage you all to watch it. It it sounds very professorial. I was so blessed. It talks about where I want us all to go. It'd be nice to talk to 10,000 people about this. But I'll speak to 10. You see... For so much of our lives, we have lived in these two chairs—the soul and the body—and I, and the Lord, gave me that example of the, the apple last week, and that how it had to be attached to the tree of life, and it had to continue getting life. And Carol sent me the picture of the golden apple rotten inside from Facebook. See, we're all like apples. We were deta- detached from our source, from our where we get the tree of life. We were detached from that because of Adam's sin. And our souls were dead. And we, or our spirit was dead. And we were all like apples. You see, because... In the world, everybody can take an apple and they can take it and they can rub it and rub it and polish it up and set it down and it looks real good. And we have all done that with our own lives. We have taken areas that we think should, would impress people and we polish them up and we set them out before people. We, Whether it's our professions, whether it's our looks, whether it's our car, whether it doesn't matter what it is we have gone and we have tried to polish ourselves up to look good before the world. But we were rotten inside. But part of the problem of when we've accepted Christ and we are born again, like Jesus explained to Nicodemus, you are born again of the Spirit. Our spirits are now alive. totally alive to Christ. But we still sit in these two chairs. And most of the church sits in these two chairs because they have no idea what spirit, soul, and body are. And again, I challenge you, start listening to just some teachings on TV and you will see they have no concept of what they're they're talking about. They need they need the understanding. I was down in Florida this, this week and I had quite a bit of free time, which was wonderful. So I laid on my bed and clicked the channel changer. But it was nice because they had like 13 Christian stations. Ten of them I wouldn't waste my time on. But I, I happened to catch one. It had a, Elderly gentleman that looked very, I'm not picking on this denomination, but he looked very Baptist. He had the three-piece suit, you know, the wisp of hair, brush back over, the comb over, you know. He had the punch like I have. And his his whole message was stepping over the line. He was talking about salvation. What do you have to do to be saved? I listened for about 10-15 minutes. The verse I did not hear is you are saved by grace through faith. And it's not of yourself. Never heard it. I did hear that Well, you better confess Christ with your mouth to a bunch of people so they know you're saved. I did hear that you better repent, and you better repent every day so you can stay saved. And I did hear you better be baptized, not just sprinkling, because that doesn't count. And when you're baptized, you better say that, why you're being baptized, because you believe in Jesus Christ. Because, quote, we don't want to be baptizing any heathens. That's when I turned it off. (laughs) So, it is so important you understand this. And that's why I I feel the Lord today has said, as I sat there and listened to the worship, what chair do you want to sit in? Because without your spirit being alive, you sit in these two chairs, you live by your senses by what you see, what you smell, what you taste, what you hear, what you feel. The collective download. As Terry said, Microsoft is trying to download Windows 10. The devil's trying to download everything you've done in your life and, and, and push it on you. You have to crash the system the way he does it. You see, because you sit in these chairs and and your, and your chair that is your soul takes all this stuff in. I have flashbacks. Nothing, I mean, nothing bad. But I, every once in a while, I can see in my mind's eye a turn I made on a road going to a dealer 25 years ago. I'm right there. So I know all that stuff's in my head. Everything done to me, everything I've done, everything right, everything wrong, everything, it's up there. And without the spirit, all that plays off in that little thin area, your body. And your body projects what your soul sees and you think no no it doesn't but yes it does i don't know how many times i've ministered to people correctly or incorrectly that's not the point but i can look at them and i can just look at their body and i can tell what's going on because they're projecting what's in in their souls out through their flesh some people can polish it up like an apple but it only lasts so long till the rottenness shows. And I say this because I know all of you, as I've been sitting here saying this, have had flashbacks to things you've done, said, felt, emotions, hurts, things done to you like that. They've, they've come, and you may have just dropped them off, or you may have sat and dwelled in, in them for a time. But I tell you, you need to understand where that comes from. That comes from a dead man. A dead woman. You do not have to live like that. It does not have to come out like that. We've all had experiences in our lives where all of a sudden we've exploded. We've said something that, how did that ever come out? I still do. I know you're all perfect and you're not living by the flesh at all but I don't. I do things. I touch things, I see things, I taste things, I smell things and you wonder how could you smell something? I'll I'll tell you all when you smell something it'll take you back to a moment in your life where you remember a woman, a girl, a man a situation you know it might be that Something happened and you were in a room where they're making chili. Well, now if you smell chili, you can't stand it anymore because that emotion comes in on you. you, See, we've all lived in these two chairs. And the flesh is very, very thin. And it's, it's, it's corruptible. It's going to be done away with. We're going to get new. And we're in the process of renewing our mind. We're in the process of thinking like God wants us to think. We're in the process of taking the soul chair and move it closer to the spirit chair. The flesh will take care of itself. Paul said, I have learned to be content in all things because he was sitting in a chair that didn't really care. He was in the spirit chair all the time. I'm content. What what are they going to do to my body? Peter, whether you believe it or not, sat in the spirit chair. Peter did walk on water. I haven't done that yet. I haven't even attempted it. O ye of little faith. But he also walked by people in his shadow because of the power of God was so flowing out of him. Healed them. He didn't do anything. Well, that's the way it's supposed to be. You don't do anything. God does everything. So I want to read some verses and go on a little bit from there with the with the Lord whatever he dumps into me as, as I do this. Because truly, this is not at all what I have prepared, what I even thought about. And I'm going to read from the mirror. I'm going to read, start reading in Romans chapter 7. And I'm going to, I'm going to read through, probably halfway through chapter 8. Because I want you to get an understanding of, of how your flesh has dominated you for so long. See, your flesh talks back to your soul. Sometimes it says, I'm cold. I won't go get a blanket. Sometimes your flesh says, look at that. And your soul goes, no, I'm not supposed to look at that. And your flesh goes, that's okay, look at that. Touch that, eat that, smoke that, drink that. Listen to that. And it's funny how many times, and I know it happens to every one of you. You're not perfected yet. I know those things happen to you. But the wonderful thing, that when you do fall, when you do sin, it doesn't change your spirit. God always looks on your spirit. I have not, in my 64 years, surprised God with any sin that I did. I have surprised myself. I have done things that I'm going, I can't believe. But I never surprised him. And they never excluded me from having the fullness of his son live in me. To have my spirit come back to life. See, he says in his word, he gives everyone the opportunity to know him fully. Everyone has the opportunity to be saved. In spite of what you've done, said, whatever. Everyone has that opportunity. That is grace. Not everyone is saved because not everyone takes it by faith. Not everyone comes into agreement with what the Lord has said. And that's where you struggle. That's part of where it says the, the people who are against the grace movement say things like, well, you can go on sinning and not worry about it because you can do whatever you want to do. Yes, I can do whatever I want to do because I am saved by grace. But heaven forbid, I don't want to do what I used to do. I don't do what I did do before. And that will take me into what I want to read. Because I used to call these the doo-doo verses. And I always struggled with these in Paul's teaching. I always struggled because I had no clue what Paul was talking about in Romans until I understood spirit, soul, and body. And I'm going to read through this and make some comments about some of the verses. So bear with me. Romans chapter 7. I'm going to start at verse 15 and I'm reading from the mirror this is how the sellout to sin affects my life I find myself doing things my conscience does not allow my dilemma is that even though I sincerely desire to do that which is good I don't and the things I despise I do It is obvious that my conscience sides with the law, which confirms then that it is not really I who do these things, but is is sin manifesting its symptoms in me. It has taken my body hostage. The total extent and ugliness of the sin that inhabits me reduce my life to good intentions that cannot be followed through. Willpower has failed me. And this is how embarrassing it is. The most diligent decision that I make to do good disappoints. The very evil I try to avoid is what I do. If I do the things I do not want to do, then it is clear that I am not evil, but that the host sin in my body, but I host sin in my body against my will. It has become... predictable principle. I desire to do well, but my mere desire cannot escape the evil presence that dictates my actions. The real person that I am on the inside delights in the law of God. There is another law, though, the law of sin, activating and enrolling the members of my body as weapons of war against the law of my mind. I'm held captive like a prisoner, like a prisoner of war in my own body. The situation is absolutely desperate for mankind. Is there anyone who can deliver me from this death trap? Thank God. This is exactly what he has done through Jesus Christ, our leader. He has come to our rescue. I am finally freed from this conflict between the law of my mind and the law of sin in my body. Now, the decisive conclusion is this. In Christ, every bit of condemning evidence against us is canceled. The law of the Spirit is liberating force of life in Christ. This leaves me with no further obligation to the law of sin and death. Spirit has superseded Spirit with a capital S. Spirit has superseded the sin-enslaved senses as the principle of law of our lives. The law failed to do anything more than an instruction manual. It had no power to deliver man from the strong influences of sin holding us hostage in our own bodies. And I like this part. God disguised himself in his son... In this very domain where sin ruled man, the human body, the flesh body he lived and conquered in was no different than ours. The sin's authority in the human body was condemned. The righteousness promoted by the law is now realized in us. Our practical day-to-day life bears witness to spirit inspiration and not flesh domination. Sin's symptoms are sponsored by the senses. A mind dominated by the sensual. Thoughts betray source. Spirit life attracts spirit thought. Thinking patterns are formed by references either the sensual appetites of the flesh and spiritual death or Zoe life and total tranquility flowing from my mind, addicted to the spirit realities, a mind focused on flesh is distracted from God with no inclination to his life laws. Flesh and spirit are opposing forces. It is impossible for these immersed in for those immersed in flesh to it at the same time accommodate themselves to the opinion, desires, and interest of God. But you are not ruled by flesh consciousness, but by the spirit consciousness. God's spirit is at home in you. Anyone who does not see himself fully clothed and identified in the spirit of Christ cannot be himself. The revelation of Christ in you declares that your body is as good as dead to sin's demands. Sin cannot find any expression in a corpse. You co-died together with him, yet your spirit is alive because of what righteousness reveals. Your union with Christ further reveals that because the Spirit, because the same Spirit that awakened the body of Jesus from the dead inhabits us we equally participate in his resurrection. In the same act of authority whereby God raised Jesus from the dead, he co-restores our body to life by his indwelling spirit. We owe flesh nothing. There was a lot in there. A lot in there. See, we don't owe the body anything. Because of what has happened over here, we are back to life. We have fullness of life. We are sealed in Him. We are held in Him. We are not judged by what we do, but we are judged by who loves us. We all struggle with that because we still live here too much. We still live in the body and the flesh we still struggle with that. We remember things. Dead man doesn't remember things. We still desire things that are not good for us. Dead men have no desires. We are all made new because of what Jesus did where it says he came, God came in the very flesh just like ours and defeated death and sin. You do not have to live a carnal life. You see, if, if, you are, if you are a Christian and you accept Jesus, you're saved. And you can sit in these two chairs for the rest of your life and you will be accepted into the kingdom. I don't know anything more than that. It really doesn't matter. Because his promises are always yes and amen. But if if you are a Christian and you accept your Christ and you live like this, I tell you, you will be the one that almost cries for eternity because of what you've missed out on when you get to heaven, when you have full understanding of everything he's done. See, we still look in a mirror darkly. We do not totally see. But every day... And I'll speak for Terry on this. Every day we are trying to wipe that mirror a little bit clearer. That we all understand what the Father has done for us. And how we should walk it out and how we should live. Because it's still your choice. You can sit in the flesh chair. You can sit in the soul chair. You can live like that. You can be a cardinal Christian. You can have no understanding and you can still be saved. But gosh, I don't want to do that. Not because I want to be known by anybody here. I don't want to disappoint him. Imagine when somebody does the ultimate goodness for you and offers you something, and you brush them off. Even if it's a friend with a gift or somebody with a check to help you out, and you brush them off. But see, Jesus gave me eternal life. Not in the future, but now. How can I brush him off? Saying, no, I've got, got things to do, people to see. I've got to go bury the dead. I was getting married. I have to go do this. You remember that parable? Just brushing him off. So it really comes down to what chair do you want to sit in? We all know enough people that live by the flesh. Whatever feels good, do it. Don't worry about the circumstances. Your mind will justify almost anything you do. And you've seen that enough times where the mind has tried to justify what people do. And you shake your head. So you don't want to sit in the flesh chair. Some people are very comfortable in the soul chair because they feel very safe. I feel safe here. I can I've and I've shared this story before when I was unemployed about 13 14 years ago. Ran out of unemployment, ran out of this, ran out of that. And I sat down, and looked at my checkbook and looked at my finances and thought in my head what I could do and how I could handle it and said, "Yes, yeah, God, you and I can do this." And I sat there and I sat there. And it was like Four weeks later, all of a sudden, two jobs came through. And I took one of them. And I said, Father, why? Why did it take so long? And one of the times... God always answers those stupid questions. Because he said to me, you said you could handle it. So I didn't. See, I was in my... I was in my soul. I had it well planned out. What are you going to do when everything collapses? What are you going to do when everything is taken from you? Are you going to be able to go sit in the spirit and say, Father, I bless you and have him provide what he says he will do? So there's people that live like that. They may be saved. I see them sort of like this. I just better stick one leg over there in that spirit chair just in case something goes wrong. I don't think God is impressed. I don't think being seated at the right hand of Christ, I am going to sit like this. I will not put one leg up over his lap and say just in case Jesus you know I'm with you. I don't think he's impressed. You see in the Dr. Keithley's teachings all of you should have been through lesson 5 already. He talks about I have lived for Christ. That's good. There's me and Jesus. That's in this chair. He said, I got a little smarter as I got a little older and he learned a little bit more. He said, I didn't live for Christ. I Christ lived through you. I let Christ live through me. And that's still not it. See, because there's still two of you. I'm still holding out and making my decisions. But you've got to remember these two chairs are dead. Would you sit on a corpse? (laughs) They're dead chairs. You go sit in this chair where the Spirit is alive and God lives as you. Everything that's in Him is in you. And it comes out of you. The healing, the prayers... The understanding. Even a silly message on a Saturday night. This was not me. This is the chair you need to sit in. This is where you need to be. It is a gift that has been given to you by grace. Why would you go for less? You need to understand where your position is. And when they see you, they see Christ. When you walk and your shadow falls on people, they are healed. When you declare something, it happens. I still declare when I'm out working that it will not rain. And I'm amazed it has not rained yet. I say it does not have the right to rain on me when I'm working outside. I have told it when I walk inside, it can rain. I have walked inside and the sky has opened up. I have walked in areas down in Florida where I look up and there's like a circle of clear sky above me and rain all around me. Now you can say, circumstances. <laughs> yeah, you can. I can go back over those, to those chairs. Nah, no, no. It's, it's the one who lives in me, the authority that he has given me. And I chuckle every time I do it. Sometimes I forget to do it and get wet. <laughs> but he gives me the option He's given me the option. So today, I think the Lord is saying, what chair do you want to sit in? Mm-hmm. Where do you want to be with me? Do you want you and me to be so close together they can't tell the difference? Be ready for criticism. If you remember, I think it was last week, we talked that we were created a little lower than the angels is a misquote is you were created a little lower than Elohim, the Godhead. I'm as close to the Godhead as I can get. I might as well live that life and let it flow out of me. Will I make mistakes? Will I stumble back over those? Sure. That doesn't change where he's called me to be. It doesn't change my position doesn't change his love for me. It doesn't change the power I have. It doesn't change anything. Because my spirit is new. It is full with him. You're full with him. What more could you want? Yea, God. Amen. Amen.